Hello and welcome to another episode of Rigori, the Italian football podcast. I'm Marco and I'm currently happier than Kylian Mbappe was when Harry Kane's penalty was blasted over the bar. And I'm Giancarlo and I'm just as happy. I've got a big grin on my face too, so it's all it's all good. I, I'm relieved because Fiorentina haven't played for weeks, so I've been the most stress-free existence I've had. For, for <laughs> I, I've never had this little stress in November in my life. And I should explain, uh, the reason for my happiness is that Venezia have done the unthinkable and have, well, since we last spoke, have played another couple of games and haven't lost. And in fact, I would say put in two of the best performances they've had this year. So, um, yeah, really turned the corner, it seems. It's it's an impressive transformation, Marco, because we've been obviously doom and gloom for some time and 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 now I've noticed though a theme which it, it was broken today but um by by one of your favorite players Tanner Tessman yes but but that I wondered if you had to have a G in your name to score <laughs> for Venezia because if you look back there's been Dennis Johnson obviously Pojan Palo yeah. and then the, the unpronounceable one I'll leave that to you Chernigoy Chernigoy yeah. with a G in his name do, do you know when the last time somebody without a G in their name scored for Venezia <laughs> you're not going the, to tell me it was Serie A was it no it wasn't quite Serie A <laughs> but it was it was Cherishev against okay, against yes, Frosinone yeah. so it was back in the bad old days when old grumpy guts was yes. in charge of Venezia now I mean I don't know if Fanoli is any more cheery, but he certainly looks a bit more cheery and results have been a, a bit more cheery as well. But yeah, no, that you need to have a G in your name. So sign up a few more players with a G in your name and you'll be flying high straight into, back into Serie A, I reckon. Yeah. Although I have to say that um, even with the current squad, we, it is night and day, the performances that we've been putting in. And actually, while I would say the first couple of victories under Vanoli were... Not lucky, but you know we certainly rode our luck in, in them. Um, that fight back against Modena in midweek, when we were two 0 down, made it two all, and then uh, today's victory over Cosenza, we really looked like a team that knows what they're doing, um, which makes a massive difference from what we've been like for the rest of the year. Um, players seem to understand their roles, and you mentioned Tesman, who I have, I hold my hands up, I've bad mouthed him. Many times <laughs> on Twitter and on this podcast, um, but he seems to understand. You know, he's been given a position in the team. He understands it. It's not a it's not a flashy position. It's win the ball, pass it back, uh, and he is now starting to thrive in that role. And his free kick today was a beauty. I don't know if you saw it, but you I didn't. I didn't wall. see it. But yeah. but I mean, it, it is a there is a transformation. It shows that. The, the squad maybe is has got a bit more to it than than it looked like, you know what I mean? Which was which should have been the case, you know, as a team relegated from Serie A you should be strong. I know they lost some good players as well, but you know, you, you would think that squad should be should be good enough. And 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 in fairness, Cosenza are a, one of the more struggling teams, yes. so you should yeah, be you should be beating yeah. them. But just the same, you know, that's all well and good saying that, but up until this point, that's not been the that's not been the case. You know, no, not been right. putting away these teams that are down the, you know, down on their luck or whatever. So it's definitely a, a change of. Uh, the, the interesting thing, as I said to you before we started recording, though, is that it was much needed because really it's not moved you that much. I mean, it's moved you out of the. 
danger zone a bit, but it's still you're still right there because of the nature of Serie B. There's still a lot of teams there snapping it. You know, if you hadn't had this good run of results, it really would have been disastrous because every everybody seems to keep not all of them winning, but you know the the yeah, the, the watermark yeah. is is coming up higher and higher because yeah, these I mean, teams keep keep we've, getting results. We've got nineteen points and. Uh, play play well in fact even the relegation spots are 17 points so it's not like we've climbed out of it but bizarrely we're only um four points off the play the, the playoff places for promotion so that does show what a tight league it is it's it's uh, and you know we have spoken about that before that there aren't any real standout teams but there aren't any real rubbish in there isn't any real rubbish in the division either so each week is going to be a hard fought battle but yeah i'm encouraged to see that you know this squad which i have had my issues with and i still do think there are places players that could be replaced and and improved upon for sure but vanoli's definitely getting the uh, the best out of what he's got at the moment and if that continues if we can have some sensible purchases in January, then yeah, you know, certainly survival should be on the cards, which is not something I would have said under Yavorchich. No, and I mean, that's the bare minimum, really, that Venezia, looking at that division, I mean, not that, you know, there's there are bigger names than Venezia in it as well, but, you know, just the same, I've dropped down from Serie A, and I feel that, you know, they would have been embarrassing to go straight down Yes. Two divisions would have been a an indictment of the way the club was running. So you know, fair play to them. They've they've taken on board. You know, they've listened to you in terms of the <laughs> social media, and they've and they've listened to the world and and got in a coach that appears just just more in tune with with yeah. the world of Italian football probably in Serie B. And as you say, it seems to be, you know, a guy with a clear idea of how he wants the game to be played and and the drive to transmit that to his players. And, and you know, in general, footballers are quite simple creatures. And if you give them sort of a clear plan to play to and a clear... It's just this new broom has obviously given them a, a, a new lease of life. And it's, it is a tough thing, you know, and they're, they're just as easy that they could go on a runner three or four defeats, but certainly, you know, the future looks a lot brighter than we had a lot of miserable shows we did. prior prior to this. So, you know, it's refreshing to see that they're that they're rising up the table. Yeah, I mean we've got Perugia next to our rock bottom of the table. So, you know, if we could get three points from that then and then on, on Boxing Day we've got Parma, which is a tougher game. But you know, we could end the year in a in a reasonable position and go into that winter break in a reasonable position um, and, and another team in, in Serie B who've sort of started to recover a bit and it, it really looked like last chance saloon for Cannavaro at Benevento but uh, they have managed to scrape the narrowest of victories but two of them in a row and as we say two victories in a row in Serie B and you'll jump half the table <laughs> and you know they, they, they have they are starting to now to look a bit safer than they were before. Yeah, definitely. No, it's been a, a in the in the battle of the World Cup winners. He's he's actually risen up because we we've spoken about Daniel De Rossi at Spal before. And he still can't buy a win. He's had that one win over Cosenza and, and nothing else. Whereas Cannavaro eking them out, as you say, it's not been it's not been thrilling. It's not been you know they've not been big margin victories, but they are victories that have dragged them out of that of that bottom zone. And 
fair play to the the, the Benevento board because he was going to throw in the yeah. towel and you know everything looked like that was it. He was out, he was out the door, and they, you know they they could have accepted his offer to go and moved on and tried something new. But you know I, I think with such a relatively inexperienced manager, you know these are all youngish guys in their in their managerial career, um, you know, and obviously great player doesn't mean great manager that's that's for sure but just the same you, you you like to think that something like that has got experience and knowledge that they could pass on to players so it's good to see them coming back as I said the, the same caveat as goes for Venezia I think that I don't know a couple of games and he could be right yeah, back in, absolutely. In, in the mire but you know just the same nice to see that for once the the faith in the coach and not sacking them was was rewarded here. Really, you know, as I say, how much that last long term, I don't know because because you know it is a it is a fickle league, and then also you know if you see others around you doing well by sacking their manager, it's an awful it's an awful temptation to to give someone that regardless of who they are. It's a temptation to to show them the door and and try and get results, but yeah, no, they seem to be heading in the right direction. However, however brief that recovery might be, and and we're another World Cup winning player has become a Serie B coach this week as well. Um, when Genoa parted ways with Blessing, um, Gilardino has stepped into stepped into position, and I think just today has been confirmed that he will stay coach at least until January and then they'll have a they possibly have a rethink then. But um you know, a player who sometimes was much maligned but one of the one of the great recent goal scorers and actually, you know, effectively had the striker like him at the moment, we might be at the World Cup, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean I I am a was a great admirer of Gilardino. I think he's one of these players that you know, I, I saw you tweet something to say about Totti being more appreciated once he'd retired, yeah. uh, but at least he is getting, you know, worldwide appreciation. I, th- I think it was late in his career that the world woke up to Totti and mm-hmm. said, you know, this is a player. But I don't think the world ever woke up to Gilardino. No. I think it was just me and you that were, were Gila fans. But, I mean, we had him at Fiorentina. And, it, I mean, he wasn't... He wasn't a scorer particularly of spectacular goals. You know, he wasn't a man that was going to curl one in from 25 yards out. But by God, he knew where the net was. And he just seemed to be in the right place at the right time. And my lasting image of him was always somehow managing to contort his body in the right way to get a shot away to get a goal. That That was what he did. He just had a way of finding the net. It wasn't a... Wasn't it an Inzaghi even? I think no. he had a bit bit more to his game than Inzaghi. I mean, you think of that World Cup semi-final with Germany and the, the astuteness, the awareness yeah. to flick the ball to, to Del Piero. That was a beautiful, beautiful touch. And it's a, that's another unsung moment, I suppose, because everybody thinks of Cannavaro and the, the clearance. And that was amazing. Yeah. And Del Piero in the finish. And that was amazing too. But Gila to have the composure to do that and kill off the the host nation at a World Cup, and as you say, we don't have anybody like that now. A man like that would be would be pure gold. How that translates to coaching, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, I've only got goodwill towards him. He got off to start with a win, although how much input he actually had yeah. to that win, I, I don't know. I hadn't actually spotted that. That's where 
that your man Aramu had ended up yes, with, uh-huh, with, with yeah. Jen and, and scored the goal. Uh, he used to tad. So, you know, he got that, but then this weekend, nil nil with Ascoli. So, you know, I guess another harsh introduction to the realities of Serie B where, you know, reputation isn't anything. But I mean, as a player, I could only wax lyrical about him for, for several podcasts, really, because he was just a great, great servant to Fiorentina. As I say, not a man that did anything particularly flashy, but. You know, scored a lot of goals, scored against to beat Liverpool at Anfield. There's not that many players. I know. He, do he that, did score you know. a lot of important goals in his career for someone that, you know, I remember when he was at Milan, there was a big section of the fans wanted him out and all this sort of things, but he scored a lot of goals. And I remember um, uh, the British press writing, you know, when I think Man U beat them 3 2 in Manchester. And they said that was it. There was no way Milan were coming back. And certainly the player that wasn't going to do it was Gilardino. And of course, in Milan, he, he scored one of the vital goals to put them into the final. So, yeah, he he was um, perhaps downplayed as a player, but he he'd scored some important goals. He was a favourite player of mine. So, you know, even though he's managing Genoa, I can only wish him well. Um, and we'll see if he manages to last. As you say, I don't know what his coaching credentials are like, and I guess we'll find that out over the next few weeks. It's it's interesting to see. I, I always find it quite intriguing how, you know, some players are the very incarnation of what they were as a player, as a coach. I mean, I'm thinking of Gattuso here, I'm thinking yeah. of Conte as well. You know, they were... But, but some you do get some that aren't, you know, that, that aren't there. So, you know, he yeah. was a, a forward, but he might it might be that he's quite defensively minded or or whatever you know it's it's intriguing to see what kind of mentality he wants to he wants to put on a team but he was certainly a man a man for an important goal so if you know if he can train up one of his forwards to to play like he did then Genoa definitely be contenders up the top end of the table because they weren't really that far away from it you know when they got rid of of Mr. Blessing, you know, they weren't that yeah, far no, off the not, off no. the top, really, you know, and they are a big gun to be to be stuck in Serie B, you know. So there's all the all the potential there, although you know a bit of chaos as as always seemed to be the case sometimes behind the scenes or whatever, you know, and maybe not the easiest club to to guide back into the division. But yeah, no, I, 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 apart from when they play Venezia, obviously, obviously. Uh, Wish them, wish them all the best Absolutely. if they stick. If they stick with the Gila, and and one other team that I want to mention uh, that we haven't mentioned before in the podcast, uh, Barry, um, you know, doing very well for a team that has uh, just come up, and uh, they are sitting in third place. That their leading goal scorer Kadira is at the World Cup with Morocco. Got a red card yesterday in, in the quarter final, but. You know they they've. It, it, I guess it just shows that there isn't a massive difference between whether you drop down or whether you come up. You can be very competitive in this league. Yeah, d- definitely. I mean, I think also, I think you've got to take their kind of history as a club yeah. as well into account. That's Barry 
you know, the older listeners will remember when when David Platt was there and they were a, a Serie A side, you know, Cassano, Cassano yeah. breaking through at Barry as well. You know, they've they've had, you know, they've got a pretty um, distinguished history. So they're not, you know, sometimes, uh, more surprising, I think, is the likes of Sudtirol coming up yes. and, and doing that, yeah. you know, so Barry's got credentials. But just the same, they, they don't, they haven't enjoyed, you know, from ourselves as well, the limelight, you know, they've not got a, a, a big name coach in charge. I think is it Michele Mignani that's in charge, who was a jobbing yeah. player in his in his day. But he's getting a tune out of that team, you know, and, and in a kind of humdrum division. If you're winning games four one as they did this weekend, then you know that that's you've got to sit up and take notice of that. They're on a they're on a good, good run and We've said it before. Anybody that can put a good good run. I mean, we've got Frosinone's got a bit of a bit of a gap over everyone else as we speak. They're locked in in battle with with Pisa, but you know, so the, the rest there's certainly plenty of room there for others to to put in a charge. And and Barry's probably got some of the best some of the best form out of the lot. And as I say, you know, a, a big big team in waiting really, and a big a big potential support as well if they get it. If they get it right, there's so many people have got it wrong there. But you know, if they get it right, there's definitely potential to be back in, you know, to be back in Serie A. I would say. Yeah, I mean, they had they had that, you know, at the time, really amazing stadium um, from Italia ninety, which obviously now is is very dated. But um, they they are, as you say, they have got history there, and again. If I put my my love for Venezia to the side, then it's nice to see them uh, doing well in Serie B again. But um, I mentioned Kadira there and Morocco's exploits at the World Cup, and I just wanted to finish this week. Obviously, Fiorentina, we've not spoken about them for a wee while, but one of their main men is playing a starring role in Qatar. Well, he is, and I mean, it's amazing because I genuinely thought there was a curse on Fiorentina players, because if you remember, Dragovsky was going to go, although he was not no longer a Fiorentina player, but he was going to go, he got injured. Nico Gonzalez did get as far as Qatar and, and came home, and then the rest, Nikola Milenkovic played the onside trap a couple of times <laughs> in one of his games and had a pretty disastrous World Cup. Luka Jovic managed to get a bookend without even stepping foot on the field of play at one point. I mean, he did get some game time. So it wasn't looking like a great World Cup for uh, the Fiorentina players. The only other player was Zurkowski with Poland. I don't think he got any game time at the World or minimal. But Sofian Amrabat, what a man. He's had a tournament. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the sort of social media memes that are going round with... Uh, one, one, I think, is a scene... I think it might be a... Is it a Denzel Washington film or something where he takes down three people all at once? He's lying <laughs> on the floor and you've got Amrabat lying in the middle and then Busquets, De Bruyne, Modric. He's got <laughs> taken the three of them down. Um, and now, obviously, he's gone on and, and you know, done Bernardo Silva as well. So the results have been incredible. It shows you what... I was just discussing this earlier today with someone that it shows you what a team unit... Yeah means because we've seen all these sides where if you look at Portugal and the Ronaldo situation and it's a you know great great player you know no doubt about that but it's a distraction sometimes having a, a superstar like that whereas 
there's no superstars in that team, mm. um, you know, other than Amrabat, obviously. <laughs> but you know, there there are, there are no superstars. So they're working. They've got common. They've got common cause, I guess. You know, and so and and they seem to have got them into a real good unit. They, they've barely conceded. Have they conceded one goal? I think an own goal, possibly. That's it. You know, tight, tight defence. Good structure. It's a sort of uh, looks like a four-one-four-one that they play. It's not. It's not adventurous, but actually, when they break, they're really good. You know, they've got Hakimi, they've got Ziyech, so they've got you know some flair players. Mm-hmm. And our man Amrabat patrolling in front of that defence is is been like a, a rock. I mean, it, it's not. I mean, I, I think I did see before the World Cup. Watch out for Amrabat. I mean, and it you was part. Yeah. It was partly tongue in cheek because you know I, I didn't really think Morocco and a Fiorentina player were going to do this well. But his form leading up to the tournament was. I mean, I, maybe this is faint praise. He was one of the best players at Fiorentina, <laughs> but you know, he was. But he was in imperious form. He does. He 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 covers for the defence where he tackles well. He doesn't do anything that spectacular, but he wins the ball, he gives the ball, and then occasionally he drops the shoulder and goes on a mad run. I tell you, he's a well-built individual, so when he gets up ahead of steam, he's actually, you know, he's quite a hard man to stop. And I know is that he gets a lot of fouls by when he goes on one of those, right? He doesn't do them a lot, but when he does them, they're quite effective. They win, they win free kick. And as I say, he has cancelled out whether you like it or some of the best Allegedly yeah. best players in the world because they've not had an easy path through no, the tournament. You know not. what I mean? They're not. They've taken down some big, big names. So you know, I mean, bring on France. I say, <laughs> who who's he got? To, I mean, it's only Rabiot and Chuameni that he needs to put in his pocket. I mean, I don't know. His pockets may not be big enough to contain all these players, but it's been it's been an, the, the only downside to this. Obviously, is he think. Hmm, you know, it, it was kind of a secret. Yeah, I Cup. was going to ask this. But will he still be there in January? It's, yeah, he's not such a secret now. So I don't know. I mean, I've seen the rumours. The rumours are like, you know, the, uh, Liverpool are, are looking at him, Tottenham are looking at him. You know, I, I, I don't know. Fiorentina history suggests if somebody comes with big money, it, you know, we are not in the business or, or capable of of stopping them signing. It would be a shame um, because we've got, obviously, you know, still still in the conference league and and starting to move up the table. So it would be nice if he would if he would hang on. But obviously there's that danger. This this World Cup is just perfectly positioned as a shop window for, for January. And, and, you know, I, I've noticed there have been talks to say, let's get him on a new contract, whatever. Um, now whether that was, it's just been it's been an amazing transformation really as well because I know a few Verona fans and they were they told me before he signed you know this is a great player and then his first sort of six months in Florence were terrible but I think it, that was positional I realise now yeah. that playing in this position in front where he can be the breaker upper and the kind of creator as well just suits him down to the ground and you know in the end. You know, there were a lot of Fiorentina fans upset that Lucas Torreira they didn't yeah. find a deal for him in the summer, but you know, actually they found someone who different style of player, but you know, they found a very, very good player there, another another gem to steal for 
you know, well, I was going to say 70 million to Juventus, but maybe 90 million on, <laughs> on Juventus account in systems. I'm not, I'm not sure, although maybe they'll not be able to, you will maybe no. not want, you'll not want to make the move to Serie B, I suppose. So, I suppose you know, he might, he might, he might not, but it's, it's intriguing, as I say, no, a great, great competition for him and great, great fun to see him go on a, a tear and kind of upset the established order in, in world football as well, because, you know, the World Cup, tends to be the preserve of a handful of teams. So to, to see someone different get there is, is great and that, that Fiorentina should have a tiny part to play in that is, is fantastic as well. Might even bring the cup home to Florence. There you go. Oh, and, oh, now there's a there's a moment to think. Well, who would be the last man to do that? would probably be Giancarlo Antonioni, yeah. I'd imagine. Or, well, no, I mean, I suppose was big Luca Toni still in. I don't know if he was, he had left Fiorentina by Gila? the time they were at the, the World Cup. I, I don't know if it, in 2006, I need to, I think the big Luca was still possibly yeah. on, on, on Fiorentina's yeah. books, or he had just he had just transferred, maybe. So you know there have been there have been some, but yeah, no, that would be that would be amazing, especially given there were only a handful of Fiorentina's went, players went to the tournament for one of them to for the one that will lift the cup would be absolutely absolutely phenomenal. Excellent. Well, we we will see uh, this time, I suppose next week as we record, we will know who has who has won, um, and whether it is Amrabat that's that's holding it. So. Uh, we will also hopefully be speaking about another Venezia victory at that point. And next week will be our last episode of the year. Serie B does have a match day on Boxing Day, but we've decided to let you enjoy your turkey leftovers instead of having to listen to us <laughs> on that day. Um, so, yeah, so a uh, big episode next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please do like, rate, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, all of that stuff. That'd be great. And we'll we'll speak to you in the new year. Yep. No, we'll speak to you next week. And then oh, we'll I'm sorry, I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I'm sorry, so he's old see, and see now. Oh, I'm old and see now. I mean, it's amazing. I don't make more stupid mistakes than that. Really, <laughs> it's quite. You know, I'll go back now to my wee room, Marco, and you can you can do all that yeah. technological stuff that you do and wake me up. Wake me up in a week's time when I've had my snooze and I'll try and remember what's happened. I will do it. See you then. <laughs> Bye.